This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're going to pick up with a series that we've been in called Not of This World, A Practical Guide for Uncommon Living. So if you have a Bible, open it up to anywhere. We're going to begin somewhere today. No, I'm just kidding. Open it up to the book of Hebrews, and we're going to pick up with chapter 10. We've been in this series now for about eight to 10 weeks, and we've been going through the book of Hebrews together as a church family, one verse at a time, one chapter at a time. How many of you have been enjoying this series. If you have been gone this summer, I know we've got a lot of our college students coming home. You can go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Courageous Church and catch up on all of those messages. But I'm going to do my best to kind of bring everybody up to speed. Over the past few weeks, we've talked a lot about the covenants of God. We've talked a lot about Jesus being our high priest. We've talked a lot about his sacrifice being the one sacrifice that rules them all for you Lord of the Rings fans out there. And we've also talked about the invitation that God has set before us to approach the throne of grace with confidence. And the Bible says that as we do that, we will find both grace and mercy in our time of need. How many are thankful that we serve a God of grace and mercy? Courageous Church would not exist but for the grace and mercy of God. And we're so thankful to be here today in this city, alive and well, praising our Savior, declaring the good things of God, advancing his kingdom. Come on, somebody. I might just preach this morning. You guys alive and well? All right. It's a little quiet in this Baptist church this morning, so I just want to, just kidding, just kidding. We're going to pick up with verse 32 through 37. Today it'll be on the screen for those of you that don't have a Bible. Here's what it says. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood by side by side with those who were also treated the same way. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the the confiscation. That's a hard word to say this morning. The confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. Verse 35, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. Verse 36, you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And may the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. We've come to this point in our story here in the reading of the book of Hebrews where the author is beginning to shift our attention toward encouragement for the days ahead. How many of you guys would agree with me today and say that I could use some encouragement right now in what I'm facing in life? Uh, It's been a challenging year, right? I mean, how many of you guys have felt the pain at the pump? Anybody? Notice that your gas bill went up a little bit over the last couple years? I was at the pump the other day and I just watched it just keep going up and up and up and I just couldn't believe how expensive it is now. It It almost cost me $100 to fill up my tank of gas. Isn't that crazy? So some of you right now could use a little encouragement by way of your finances. How many of you would say, Pastor Jason, I could use some encouragement in my marriage, in my relationship with my boyfriend or my girlfriend? Yeah, a lot of us need encouragement for our relationships. What about at your workplace? Some of you are like, I got one of those bosses that's impossible to work for. How are you doing with that? You could use some encouragement. How many of you guys know we as the people of God need encouragement? All of us do. That's something that we all need. And here the author is coming to us to encourage us in the days ahead in regards to what we face. And 
also to give us a hope. How many would say, Pastor Jesus, I could use some hope right now. Yeah, I think all of us need hope. I would say this, hope is the universal language of every human heart. Without hope, our hearts don't work right. Have you guys ever heard hope deferred makes the heart sick? That's what it means. It means when you are without hope, you are actually literally sick. I think a lot of the illnesses that we see in this world today, and especially the rise in anxiety and depression and all of those things are related to not having hope. I really do, and I believe that. So the author's coming to us at this amazing moment in the story, and he's trying to encourage us for the days ahead, and he wants to give us a hope that will last. I think what's interesting about the manner in which he wants to encourage us is through the road of suffering. I would say it this way. Suffering, or what you go through that's difficult, maybe the hardship that you face, leads you to everlasting or lasting hope. And we're gonna look at this today, and we're gonna talk about what I'm gonna call today the power of perseverance, and why it's so important for those of you that need encouragement and hope to persevere in your faith. I wanna ask you right at the start of this message today, have you ever felt like giving up? Anybody raise your hand if you've ever felt like giving up now. Look around the room, see that you're not the only one today that's ever felt this way. My son, Liam, I'm gonna embarrass him and put him on the spot a little bit today because that's what you do when you're a pastor. But he fractured his hand last week. And there was a moment where he was like, Dad, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can continue to to play football. And he kind of felt like giving up. Now, I just got to say as a side, it's so good to have some of our friends from his football team here today. And we're super excited to have you guys with us, some of his own teammates as well. But I said, Liam, this is the choice you've got to make to either throw in the towel or to persevere, to give up or to call it quits. And I'm thankful that he he chose not to give up, but to persevere through the pain. And they won their first football game yesterday. Come on, somebody. Woo! 26 to seven. That's right. It was a beat down for the ages. I love it. (laughs) So today I want to talk to us about the power of perseverance. Why we, as the people of God, regardless of where you are today, maybe you would consider yourself a follower of Jesus, maybe you're a seeker, maybe you're somebody that's a little skeptical of the faith, but regardless of where you are, I want to talk to you about the power of perseverance and a message I'm going to call today, Don't Give Up. Turn to somebody and say, don't give up. Don't you give up on me. You guys remember that old song? Don't you forget about me. I'm gonna change the lyrics today. Don't you give up on me. All right, that's what we're working with today. For those of you that have voices only Jesus loves, I apologize, I put you on the spot. But anybody out there like survival movies? Come on, throw some out at me. What are your favorite survival movies? Let me hear it. Castaway. Some more, come on, give me some options today. We're gonna make this interactive today. Hunger Games, is that considered a survival? Uh, yeah, that's a survival movie. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll allow it. Come on, give me some more. How about 127 Hours? You guys remember that one? The guy who got trapped down in, I think it was, uh, was it Canyonland? Or Bryce? He, he had to chop off his own arm to survive. He got pinned between two boulders. You guys remember that one? What about The Martian? You guys remember that movie? That's one of your favorites. You want to know what my favorite is? The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio. And all the ladies are like, woo, Leo. But Leo 
in this movie plays the character Hugh Glass, this rugged mountain man in the Wyoming wilderness. Any of you been out there? I used to live in Jackson Hole. I love that place. Love the wilderness of Wyoming. It's so wild. And Hugh Glass, along with some of these other characters of yesteryear, were fur trappers. And he's out in the middle of the forest and he is attacked by a grizzly bear. You guys seen this movie? It's pretty intense, right? I mean, this thing like bites into his skull, bites into his back. He's stabbing it with a knife. I apologize for any of you children that are sensitive today. But he's, I mean, he's just doing everything he can to survive. And then he finally kills this thing and he's trapped under it. And then he has to roll out from underneath it and he finds himself in a grave and he's just clawing his way back to life. And of course, you know, if you know the story, there's a little bit of a revenge plot and everything else. But I like this movie because it speaks to the heart of every human being who's ever had to survive, who's ever had to persevere, who's ever been faced with a decision to give up or to keep going. And so today we're going to talk about the power of what it means to not give up. Today we're going to look at what happens when we as the people of God face persecution or resistance or challenges or hardship in our life and what to do about it? I want to give you three reasons why I think that we need to persevere. Three biblical reasons from the book of Hebrews that I believe gives us permission to persevere. Are you ready today? Number one, perseverance is the road to hope. Perseverance is the road to hope. I made the comment already that we all need hope that our world is searching for hope. It's looking for hope. And last week I said, Jesus is the only hope for our humanity. He's the only hope for our world. And he's the only one that can give us a hope that never ceases, a hope that is eternal, a hope that endures. But I want you to notice the way that he does it. And I've already alluded to this. He does it through suffering. He does it through hardship. He does it through pain. And let's face it, none of us really wanna face pain, do we? It's the reason why we spend billions of dollars each year on painkillers, Tylenol, opioids, right? We know there's a crisis right now of people not wanting to feel pain. And so we try to kill the pain. We try to smother the pain because we don't want to feel the pain. But listen to what the Apostle Paul tells us about pain and suffering in Romans 5, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have also gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. How many are thankful for the grace of God? And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory or boast in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance produces what? Character. And character produces what? Hope. Did you notice the pathway to hope is on the road through suffering? The pathway to hope is on the road through suffering because suffering builds our perseverance and perseverance builds our character and our character leads us to a lasting hope. And then he says this in verse five, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not put us to shame. You want Pastor Jason's translation? Hope doesn't disappoint. Hope doesn't disappoint. It'll never let you down. It'll never walk out on you, which is why we all need it. So the truth is, regardless of where we are right now, and some of you might be facing some challenging situations, and like I said at the beginning, you, you need hope. 
You need to hold on to hope. You need to, to hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess. We looked at that last week. But you need to be reminded of this thing that your hope comes from Christ alone. I'm not here to hype you up today because there's a difference between hype and hope. Real hope comes from knowing Jesus, from having peace with Jesus, from being in a relationship with Jesus. And the truth is, though we might feel alone at times, though we might feel hard-pressed on every side, we are not alone. The glorious news of the gospel is not that we would attain Godhood, but that God came down to be with us. That Emmanuel, God is with us, that Jesus himself comes down to be the hope for our souls, the hope in us, Christ, the hope of glory, amen? So it's not just that we would manage our sin and try to li live a, dis a decent life, but it's that God himself would take up residence within us so that we could know hope. The road of perseverance leads us to hope, or perseverance is the road to hope. Acts 16, verses 20 through 26. I want us to look at this real quick. This is a story about Paul and Silas here, and they've been preaching the gospel all throughout Asia Minor and getting into a lot of trouble for it. And here's what it says in verse 20. And they brought Paul and Silas before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to practice. And the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he'd received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and he fastened their feet in the stocks or with chains. And about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them as well. And suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. And at once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Not only is perseverance the road to hope, perseverance is the road to freedom. Number two today, perseverance is the road to freedom. Here Paul and Silas are in prison. They've already been publicly humiliated for their faith. They've been stripped naked. Anybody ever have that happen to you? Maybe at a football game, you see the occasional streaker, the dumb frat kid who runs by. But most of us have never been willfully publicly humiliated in that way. And then not only are they stripped naked, which really stinks, but they're also beaten or flogged with, with hard rods. Now, these weren't just like soft little, you know, little uh, wiffle ball bats. These were hard clubs. And so they're stripped and they're beaten and then they're put in prison and their feet are shackled so they can't even move. There's zero mobility. And what's interesting to me is that rather than to say, you know what, I think I'm done with this whole Jesus way thing. I think, I'm, I think I'm done being a follower of Jesus. This is just too hard. I didn't sign up for pain and persecution and suffering. I signed up for the good life. The house with the white picket fence and prosperity and healing and all the good things, right? And they could have, many of us may have said, you know what, I think I'm, I think I'm done. <laughs> but... That's not what Paul and Silas do. They begin to praise. They begin to sing hymns to God. And they're just declaring the goodness of God. They're declaring the praises of God. All praise to the Lord most high. All praise to the one who saved my life. And they've just been declaring the freedom of God. And all of a sudden, an earthquake erupts and all of the prisoners' chains are released. They begin to persevere in prayer and in praise, and it led to freedom. 
Can I say it again? They persevered in prayer and praise and it led to freedom, which begs the question, when you face obstacles or challenges, do you pray and praise or do you complain and protest? Because the truth is, as I've come to understand it in my short 41 years of living on this world, that we've only got two options, to pray and praise or to complain, to protest, to become bitter. I wonder today, how many of you, when you're going through a tough time, your first initial reaction is to pray and praise your way through? Or are you kind of like me, where you like to go on Facebook or Instagram and tell the whole world first? Some of you. Some of your Facebook rants are hilarious, by the way. Can I tell you something? The invitation for us as the people of God, when we're going through hard things, when we're suffering, is to do so well and to do so with praise in our mouth, with thanksgiving in our heart, to choose gratitude. We told our team today that joy is a choice. You know what else is a choice? Gratitude. Because here's the, the truth. All of us have something to be grateful for. Every one of us is alive and breathing right now. What a gift! Amen? But we lose sight of that when we get stuck focusing on our problems. And when we start to focus on our problems, those become shackles to our feet that keep us bound. But when we begin to praise, when we begin to persevere in prayer, we experience real freedom, true and everlasting freedom. James 1, verse 2 through 4 says it this way. Consider it pure joy. We talked about joy with our team this morning. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces, here's what it produces, perseverance. Therefore, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you say, like, that's what I want. I don't want to lack anything. Well, the road is perseverance. The road is not giving up during your hour of trial. And every one of us is going to have our faith tested. And I believe this, even as the people of God, in the days to come, we're going to see more opportunities for our faith to be tested, which is why we've got to stand together, amen? Which is why we've got to have each other's backs and encourage one another to persevere. So perseverance is the road to hope. Perseverance is the road to freedom. And number three today, perseverance is the road to promise. Perseverance is the road to promise. Hebrews 10, we just read it, verse 35 through 37 reminds us, do not throw away your confidence, courageous church, for it will be richly rewarded. You need, you might wanna underline that or highlight that or swipe that in your Bible app today. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. See, the promise of God for the people of God was that they would receive all that the Lord had in store for them if they didn't give up, turn back, and walk away. But that's the temptation. And for many right now, why we're seeing such a large number of people deconstructing in their faith, turning their back on God, turning their back on the church, and walking away isn't just because of church hurt, although that's true, and it isn't just because they, they didn't find a church that was right for them, 
or that they didn't have enough programs or small groups or discipleship ministries or outreach. The real reason is because they never caught a glimpse of the risen Christ and all of his glory and all of his beauty and all of his wonder. And I am convinced that in the days ahead, what we owe the world is not more programs, games, entertainment, and fun. What we owe the world is a glimpse of the risen Christ, an encounter with the living God. An encounter that changed my life when I was a young man, five and six years old, experiencing the presence of God for the first time, seeing people healed for the first time with my eyes. And so when we read this, we have to read this through the eyes of those that have already encountered Jesus, but the invitation is also for us to do the same. It's for you and I to get a personal revelation of who Jesus is. And that's why we're so passionate about this scripture. You need to persevere, verse 36 says, so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what he's promised. The promise of God for your life is good. Jeremiah says it's to give you a hope, to give you a future, not to harm you, not to do horrible things to you, Liz or Kurt, not to put you in a bad spot, Chris, but to give you hope for what you're about to face. And some of you right now, that's exactly where you are this morning. Maybe you're here today and you've been praying on a promise. You've been waiting on a promise of God for your life. You've been looking for what we like to call sometimes breakthrough. We pray for that as a church. Can I encourage you this morning? Don't give up. Don't give up. Because he who has promised is faithful. He is faithful. Listen to what Galatians 6, 9 says. Many of you know this verse. It says this, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Is that what it says? Do not give up. You and I at the proper time will reap a harvest. He uses this agricultural metaphor to to describe to us the promise of God for our life if we don't give up. And for some of you right now, like the promise that you're waiting on is just breakthrough from addiction. You're like, I've been trying to kick cigarettes to the curb for 20 years and I can't do it. Can I tell you, he who has promised is faithful. You gotta keep persevering. You gotta keep pressing in. Some of you, you've been waiting on the promise of seeing your kids come back to the Lord. And I wanna tell you today that he who promised is faithful. For some of you, you've been waiting on the promise of things that you've dreamed about that God's put in your own heart. In this room right now are are new ideas for businesses and for ways to bless other people. And I wanna tell you that he who has promised is faithful, but you cannot give up. Every one of us is gonna hit that point where we wanna give up. Many times, Pastor Candice and I, coming back to Salt Lake, planting this church and walking through all the things we've walked through in the last three and a half, almost four years. Bless God, we'll be celebrating four years in September, come on. But we've had to walk through some fire. And if you get next to us, you might smell the smoke. (laughs) And I'm not just talking about in our church, I'm talking about our own relationship. The pressure, the pressure that comes against marriage in this valley is astounding. You wouldn't believe how many people right now feel like they're on the brink of divorce. But can I tell you, he who promised is faithful. You're not alone in that covenant that you made. He who has promised is faithful. But don't give up. Don't give up. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest. There is a proper time. 
And I wish that I could tell you what, that I know exactly what God's timing is for all of our lives. I don't. You don't. Wouldn't it be awesome to have a crystal ball and you could just see it? Sometimes I wish that. But then there are other times I'm grateful that I didn't know because I would have messed it up. I would have tried to make it happen. Anybody ever get in that place where you're like, oh, you got a word from the Lord or promise from God. And you're like, I'm gonna go make it happen. I'm gonna go try to, in the flesh, like make this thing happen tomorrow. Gen Zers, millennials, can I encourage you? Don't be discouraged if your dream doesn't happen tomorrow. It might take some time, but wait on that promise. I know I'm not a very patient person. My wife Candace can tell you, sometimes I struggle with patience. But this is the invitation to us. If we would not give up hope, if we would persevere and not give up, there is an appointed time by God to fulfill every promise and purpose in your life. We believe that. We see that. We've experienced that. So what's our job today? What's our response to persevering? Our job is to trust the seed and to trust the sower. Can I say it again? Our job is to trust the seed and to trust the sower, to trust the seeds that have been planted in the garden or the soil of your life, and to trust the sower himself, God, with every seed that's been planted there. He is the one that gives life to the seed. So no matter how much you wanna to try to make it happen, it's up to him to water it. It's up to him to bring it to life. It's not up to you and to I. We've gotta trust the seed, and we've gotta trust the sower, and how do we do that? through the power of perseverance, because perseverance is the road to hope. Perseverance is the road to freedom, and perseverance is the road to promise. So no matter what you're waiting on today, no matter what tension you find yourself in, I wanna encourage you, as your pastor, don't give up. Thank you for listening today. If you were blessed and you want to be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at CourageousChurch.com.